0: For the individual to evolve they had to purify the soul they had to uh, purify it from the the some of the external and and some of the karmic or internal configurations that we all have some of the the complexes that uh, we've either inherited or we've actually developed over time so they took purification as a uh, part of the tenants, for especially for novices to be able to arrive at a state to do some spiritual uh, research, spiritual investigation, and those practices have actually been continued and are part of the of the Miriam that enable to to be able to trans, transmit. Uh, healing energy you need to be you need to reach a level of purity and not so much in the moral sense but in the initiatic sense in the sense Mm. that consciousness needs to be able to separate itself from the mundane to be able to go inside and find this uh, realm of of being that is uncontaminated from the from from the exponents of of the physical or the mundane
1: world Welcome to Rebel Spirit Radio, exploring the frontiers of spirituality, consciousness, the esoteric, and humanity's sacred relationship with a living earth. I'm your host, Nick Mather, and in this episode, I am joined by author David Pantano to discuss his book, The Hermetic Physician, The Magical Teachings of Giuliano Kremerz in the Fraternity of Miriam. David provides background on Giuliano Kermertz, the leading esoteric figure of the Italian hermetic tradition in the early 20th century. He discusses the therapeutic magic of the Fraternity of Miriam and its connection to the mystical Pythagorean tradition. Also, please be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you use to listen to or view podcasts. Your support is truly appreciated. David Pentano is an independent researcher, translator, historian, and writer specializing in spirituality, metaphysics, philosophy, and the initiatic practices of West and East. He is the author of The Magic Door. He joins me today to discuss The Hermetic Physician, The Magical Teachings of Giuliano Cremers and the Fraternity of Miriam, a compilation of essays he collected and translated. David, welcome to Rebel Spirit Radio.
0: Thank you, Nick, and um, good afternoon to, and uh, depending on your time zone, to all the listeners and viewers across this fair land and fair lands all over, wherever you may be listening or, or watching this podcast. It's nice Wonderful. to be here. Thanks.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm looking forward to speaking with you because, quite honestly, I didn't know anything at all about Giuliano uh, Cremertz, And I know I'm probably slaughtering the name, and you even told me how to pronounce it, Kremertz. And the other figure here is Marco Daffy. These are the two people that feature in your book. And I thought that the best place to begin this conversation was to ask you to discuss them a little bit. Who were they, and what were their roles in this Italic Hermetic tradition?
0: Okay, sure. I'd be happy to, Nick. So basically, Kremertz is the, without a doubt, the leading uh, hermeticist esoteric figure in Italy in in the last century. He's the equivalent would be similar to like a Crowley in the English speaking world. So he's he's, and for for people who. May be familiar with some aspects of the Italian Hermetic tradition through, say, Julius Evola, who's a very well-known author now, even in in English-speaking world. It's something that uh, Evola would would look up to and and would yeah. would reference in terms of his books. They're either the Ur Group monographs or the book he did on the Hermetic tradition, or, or a number of books he he quotes and he um, refers to mer's Magisterium of writings and practices so we're we're talking at somebody who's a, both a theorist and a practitioner of hermetics and the the branch of hermeticism that kremeritz is is probably best known for uh, is in the area of therapeutics is to apply these hidden laws or occult laws uh, into practices of healing in, in terms of, of either relieving of pain or, or curing altogether. So devel- Kremeritz developed or fo- founded a circle called the, the- uh, Therapeutic Magical Fraternity of Miriam around the turn of the last century, so the late 1890s. And they had various chapters throughout the major cities of Italy. And it's basically it, it was a hierarchy of five degrees, and the 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 school there was a school attached to it where they studied the the practices of hermeticism, and not just restricted to to medicine or, or ther- therapeutics, but to the broad application of the various other branches of of hermeticism, such as alchemy and theurgy, magic. Astrology, etc., and so Kremers founded the school called the Miriam based on the application of natural and divine magic, so magic that founded on natural forces and those that went beyond the natural into the metaphysical realm. And so, in terms of his importance, as I mentioned, it's Kremers wrote around 20 books. That laid out a pretty sophisticated and detailed theory and practicum of applied magic, specifically to, to therapeutics. And one of his disciples was a baron named Richard Richardelli, and who went under the pseudonym of Marco Daffy. And Kremertz, his, I guess, the tombstone information, he was born in 1861, died in 1930. And Daffy was born in 1900 and died in 1969. And sort of Daffy kind of continued that wave of 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 hermetical, alchemical hermetic practices and wrote a number of books about, much less, about a dozen or so books on aspects such as alchemical hermeticism, on, on therapeutics as well, on eros on uh, avatars and reincarnation, on t- various aspects of divination, u- divination using um, instruments such as the Tarot or the, the Chinese Book of Changes, the I Ching. So they were both embedded within a practice that had its roots in this italic branch of Hermeticism. So when I say italic, I mean both the Italian and the Roman period. And there were various, i guess iseums or or temples of Isis in ancient Rome. and with that, there were some practices specifically with healings in terms of dream healing and and other types of of medications using energies and using uh, tapping into various state altered states of consciousness to be able to get out to the causal or to get to the karmic level of individuals so to address or root out the some of the causal or or root basic root issues that may be afflicting individuals. So, in in a short in a nutshell, in 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 the you know the Coles notes version, it's it's basically the leading hermeticists of the day in Italy, who developed, who founded a, a school to to study and practice hermeticism with an outlet that focused on on healing, on therapeutics. And from that, there was a number of of publications, books, articles, rituals that are part of this tradition that Kremertz was a was founder of, and it's under the rubric
1: of the Fraternity of Miriam. Okay, wonderful. A lot of information there, and some of it I would like to unpack. But first, I, I'm familiar with Jules Evola, that's a name that rings a bell. But I'd never heard of Kremertz before. Are his works readily available, or isn't it that the Hermetic Physician is one of the very first English translations of his works?
0: Yeah, the, the, actually the Hermetic Physician is one of the is the first bio on Kremertz in the English language. Kremert's work because the Miriam is a reserved initiatic circle it wasn't open it didn't advertise in newspapers it's not like some some of these rosicrucian orders that you know the, that advertise at your your local corner and so forth and try to recruit members it wasn't like that it was very much a reserved and they wanted to to weed out the those serious seekers versus those who were curious or or didn't have the right uh, constitution to go and, and do some of this inner work So for for many years, for many decades, the material was known just to a few connoisseurs of esotericism and those individuals interested in the hermetic branch of esotericism. I would say around the eighties and nineties that his work started to get more prominence as some of the leading publishers across Europe, not only in Italy, but in France and in Spain, started translating and publishing his work because of the quality of the material uh, the theorems that you really couldn't find elsewhere, um, the Hermetic practices that the Miriam is based on is more on the Greco-Egyptian-Roman type of practices rather than, say, the Judeo one that's mm-hmm. say is more associated with the Golden Dawn and so forth. So these practices probably have a very strong and deep Western root to them. Are gaining more favors as as individuals are looking for, you know, information on the roots of of a Western esoteric tradition rather than going to the East, whether it's in you know from Israel or or India or China or Tibet or whatever. And the the Kremerts and this lineage of of teachings, I think, fits into that category of a autonomous Western. In the Asiatic tradition that has its roots in Egypt, Greece, and Rome, and also was transplanted into the in, into the Renaissance. The Hermetic books of 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 Hermes, the Corpus Hermeticum, was lost in the Western world for, for about a million a millennium and a half. And they were founded around the 1440s by an Italian monk who brought them back to Florence. And the patron of Florence at that time, Cosimo de' Medici. Had the leading Neoplatonic scholar named Marsilio Ficino to translate them. From then there was this huge boom of Hermeticism. And this tradition of Italic or Italian-based Hermeticism that really was relaunched with the, with the discovery and a translation of these ancient Greek corpus of Hermetic books into Latin and then into the into the vernacular. Had has, has gone on for about 500 years, and Kremritz was the latest of the epigons of this tradition. And you mentioned Julius Evola in the late 20s, who founded a, a circle called the Your Group, and uh, some of the members were from Kremritz's uh, circle of Miriam, and they were contributors in the in those three volumes that are published by Inner Traditions, the publishing house that publishes the book that I put together, is Hermetic Position.
1: Yeah, wonderful. Thank you for all of that. I was curious in the, the kind of focus on this italic tradition a little bit, that it seems like one of the major themes as well, and we'll get into the healing aspects. And this surprised me a little bit, was kind of a focus on Pythagoreanism or Pythagoras, the teachings of Pythagoras and i never actually kind of connected pythagoras with any kind of hermeticism
0: yeah well so a little background on pythagoras pythagoras was a a, a mystic as well as a scientist so there there are two components to pythagorism there's the ra- the rational that follows i mean the the Pythagoras, or is alleged, because there is no actual writings from Pythagoras, right. but there are from, from his disciples and from the members of the school, was the first to promote the, the root of, 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 of reality as being in numbers. So ma- mathematical theorems, like the Tetrarchus, have its roots in in the Pythagorean school and the discovery of the irrational number. So a lot of the the mathematical theorems that came down from Greece were originated from this Pythagorean school. But there was also another side of Pythagoras, is a mystic side, in that apparently before he founded, and Pythagoras founded this school in actual southern Italy. People may not be aware of that. So there is this tradition in southern Italy of this Pythagor- Pythagoreanism. That has both a scientific or mathematical component as well as a mystical component and some of the tenets of Pythagoras is reincarnation as the the pursuit of self-discovery discovery, that going inside yourself to find yourself and not just solely basing your information on inputs from the five external senses. There's various practices or rituals they did in terms of for novices had to go through a 5 year period of silence uh, which was a part of purification that the for the individual to evolve they had to purify the soul they had to uh, purify it from the the some of the external and and some of the karmic or internal configurations that we all have some of the the complexes that uh, we've either inherited or we've actually developed over time. So they took purification as a uh, part of the tenets for, especially for novices, to be able to arrive at a state to do some spiritual uh, research, spiritual investigation, and those practices have actually been continued and are part of the of the Miriam that enable to to be able to trans transmit Uh, healing energy you need to be you need to reach a level of purity and not so much in the moral sense but in the initiatic sense in the sense Mm. that consciousness needs to be able to separate itself from the mundane to be able to go inside and find this uh, realm of of being that is uncontaminated from the from from the exponents of of the physical or the mundane world and again, I'll leave it to you, Nick, how far you <laughs> want to dwell into that. But so I just wanted to answer your question that yeah, Pythagorasm sure. that took mysticism and gave it a scientific coat coding right, right. as the basis of this italic tradition. So it's right. a key foundation of 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 the italic uh, initiatic tradition as part of internal investigation is that you have to have experiential proof or validity to the theorems and not just take it on what the
1: teacher or what the master prescribes right yeah thank you for all of that you know i knew about the mystical aspects of pythagoras and that it was initiatory as well the it was noted, it, I think, in one of the footnotes in the book, there was comments about the teachings of Arete, which is excellence or virtue, and the what you had just said, the sort of integration of the esoteric and the scientific. And this is the point I was really thinking about in terms of Cremerts, because it seems like there, there was this connection of human evolution, attempting to become more excellent humans. Is that correct? Am I on the right track there?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's one way to frame it. The other is that as beings, we we all have a sense of perfection at the core. And that the more we extenuate out and get caught up into the workings of the world, we become contaminated. So, by doing these purifi- purificatory acts, we're able to get to that level of perfection, which is the root of who we are. And that root of who we are has a name. It's called the Newman. It's the core of consciousness, of individual consciousness. And in his teaching and in Pythagorean teaching, it doesn't die, it isn't perishable like the historical self, the self of the flesh and bones, the self that gets up you know, Monday, you know, Monday to Friday and goes to work every day, that spark of, of consciousness, the Newman is itself perfect in its own right.
1: Okay. And I also noted in one of the essays, it discusses that there is no um, matter spirit dualism, that everything yes. comes from the one. And I, I, really liked in one of the essays it said the spirit materializes and matter is spiritualized
0: yeah i mean that's that's part of the teachings is that there is a unity or there isn't this division between the various levels of 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 energy it's all one energy they just it just the various vibrational frequencies associated and at and that's all part of the, the Kremertian or the, the, the hermetic worldview of, of realities broken down into four major components. And the terminology that they use based on mythological classifications is a physical world or hyalic world, which is what the Greeks called. They call it Saturnian. Mm-hmm. And then what's sublimated from that a Saturnian or that physical world is a lunar And the lunar is basically a a more higher vibrational frequency than the physical, but it's still on the physical level. And that's what we associate with our emotions, with the humoric level of of individuals or of beings. And then a a further sublimated energetic component is the mercurial, that of intelligence. And then the the highest, is what we talked about, is the Newman is at the solar level. And that's that that core being that we want to experience where the miriam which miriam is as a new euphemism for not only for the in religious terms and, and especially in the west of the maria of the, the mother of god who gives birth to the divine but it's a state of purity it's a state that can be realized through these purification acts to be able to come to the the principle of, of our being and that's all one energy it just has various vibrational components or frequencies that that constitute reality and that most people are spent most people's center consciousness is is at that physical level through their external senses and that's the only level of reality that they're aware of and other than when they have to use their their noggin to come up with some you know To come up with some idea or or way out of a problem or something like that, or they have an emotional, you know, reaction and so forth. But a lot of times it's not integrated. We fragment into into these various uh, subsections of this one energy. Well, what the Miriam teaches you is that it's all interconnected Mm -hmm. within each cell, within consciousness itself. It's all we have access to those four different realms. And from that, we're able to be able to shift our focus or consciousness into higher levels or levels where the laws of of gravity for example are, are there, there are greater sense greater uh, opportunities or po- or potentiality for freedom so at at the say at the lunar level in terms of dreams or or ecstasies and so forth they the laws in terms of of what constitutes the 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 gravity or the the frequency of the vibration is much less than at a hyalic level or at the physical level and the same with intelligence and then those who are able to to reach sort of that pinnacle which that solar level are access to the past present and the future all at once Mm. the the laws of of the mechanics of that Uh, realm of 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 energy of forces is much freer much greater than the ones down on at the mundane level so yeah to your point it's all considered as one even though we can experience various levels of consciousness or various levels of of vibrational frequencies which are called in 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 the terminology of the school as the four that i
1: mentioned right so the it's like an ascent then is that correct and that ascent to the solar because yeah, what i'm I thinking
0: i wouldn't use i mean a lot of times those words are used figuratively i mean when we're talking here we're at we're already at the liminal level where mm. the words that we have conversational words do not match the experiences we're trying to describe mm. so a lot of times we say we say, we say talk about ascent we're thinking of you know, some sort of escape or some sort of, you know, elevation of the spirit or something, it can be like that. And most times it's not. And most times it's just, it's, it's all, it's all interconnected. And and Kramer says that all four of these hermetic bodies, so these various states are called hermetic bodies, are experienced at once. We just don't realize that depending on the individual's Initiatic level they' are mostly centered in one level or the other, but the the initiate the adept can experience all all of them at once because it's all unified so I try to avoid to use words like a scent it can be you can have those aha moments where you break through the quotidian and and you're in this you know there's, there's this nirvanic state of, of bliss and, and illumination but that is also can be experienced the sense of of that solar once you're at that level where it's all interconnected and there isn't a division The consciousness is just once is just one it's just that focusing at a different levels will give you different purviews of what of of inputs what you're going to see
1: of what you're going to experience okay so instead of thinking in terms of a set it's probably better to think in terms of like holism that are holistic that it's like you said that it's all at once that we experience them all at the same time
0: or it, it can be drawn upon you have access to to it okay. all at okay. once yeah okay. so so the ability uh, to to one who is integrated to their principle is that's their starting point most okay. people's starting point is is their historic self it's mm-hmm. nick and dave and and you know that we relate to reality based on our historical reference points the initiate or the adept they're basing it from their newman from that point of consciousness which isn't contaminated by the the physical but yet
1: can emanate out to the physical okay and how do these four bodies play in the hermetic healing Okay, good. So it's it plays into
0: hermetic healing in a number of aspects. Probably the two most prominent are in terms of diagnosis and in terms of therapy. So to be able to understand the depth or the level of the, the pathology that you're dealing with, so much like a doctor would do a diagnosis, you would understand in terms of if an, an individual comes to the Miriam for healing, certain diagnoses, I guess for lack of a better word, are undertaken to understand the depth and the 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 significance of the disturbance that they're dealing with. So it could be something of the emotional level, which means that the the prescription, the rituals or the energy that needed to be transferred would be focused from that realm, more so than in a physical realm, or it could be at, at a karmic level. You know these are disturbances that are so deep ingrained that any type of physical or emotional or 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 mercurial type of theories wouldn't would only be able to scratch the surface and the the amount of reconfiguring at that level to be able to readjust the 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 the, the, the disturbance that's causing the out the symptoms which is a lot of times is what's being what's being communicated from the patient to to the miriam uh, is the symptoms i'm i'm having headaches or i'm having just I'm having problems with family members or something like that one part of the diagnosis is to get down and and at the causal level to understand what's really at what level is the disturbance originating from and from then they could through from from that once they're able to diagnose what the, the the degree of the disturbance and the level of of the hermetic body that's mostly involved then the the next step is to prescribe the appropriate remedy or solution
1: okay and the remedies and solutions here the main thing i got out of this was that it was a kind of remote prayer where you had a group of i guess initiates that would focus his energy or vibration on the healing am i on the right path there yeah somewhat so it's it's more than that so the, the miriam and,
0: and and kramertz was he 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 not only was a practitioner who bases work on experience he he's he did many years of schooling in, in some of the occult schools in France, specifically in, in southern France. But he also had a degree in conventional mes- medicine as well. And as part of the tenets of the Miriam was that the the this energetic healing or remote healing of the Miriam was to complement conventional medicine. It wasn't. It, it didn't come as a panacea to solve all problems. And Daffy the. The disciple and and the, the the author of the book says you know it's mostly for the venial type of of disturbances or vileness. Venial being those that are of a medium level. The the ones that were were much more serious than there there, there were much other type of of prescriptions that would be required. The Miriam is more of a lunar based um, uh, hermetic circle and rather than a, than a solar. And so, what that means is that they receive energy. so most of the energy that they work from is based on magnetism, the interconnection between celestial, terrestrial, and human energy. It's all a continuum um the the The, the, the history of that goes back hundreds of years to Franz anton Mesmer, a Swiss magnetist and and the the French were very strong in in that as well. so. Kremers kind of continued that that form of of healing using magnetism, where he added elements is 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 adding various types of rituals and ver- another type of means to reach that level of purity that would be greater conductive to restore the balance to the to the afflicted individual. In the end, there were three types or three modalities of of healing. One is a direct where the 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 type of, of illness was was described and diagnosed, and the type of energy would would act directly on what was a disturbance. So someone's having some emotional issues, so the type of practice involved would be to transmit energy that would set can lead to a homeostasis of someone's emotional state of being so something like you're with you listen to music and so you're feeling crappy and you listen to music and it raises your spirits up and and by the end of the song or the album you're feeling much better working on that type of energy exchange so that's a direct type of of healing modality it's the other type is is the indirect that would focus on on instruments to assist the the individual. And this could be some things that are more focused on, say, on physical ailments. So where energy would be focused on, say, uh, vegetables vegetatives or 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 other or, or other types of objects that the that could be magnet, the potent power of the of the actual intervention would be enhanced through through this exchange of energy. The third type would be a neutral that was not only directly healing and indirect, but combined both. Mm. And and again, a lot of the, the appropriate, a lot of times the appropriate uh, prescription depended on the ability to diagnose the clarity of the symptoms to understand what is underlying the imbalance of the individual. In the end, because this is a, a lunar type of practice, it works on the individual receiving this energy healing themselves so very much on the homeostasis so when when individuals are sick their balance or natural healthy balance is out of whack right. and how this energy helps is to finding the right sympathies to be able to uh, negate or or to nullify some of those n- negative energies with a positive energy and to lead to a homeostasis where over time the individual can heal
1: themselves okay these energies are also the energies of the cosmos is that right so i mean energy is all one. So we
0: talked about okay. earlier so right. okay. whether we call it cosmos or whether we call it metaphysics where we call it natural it's all one it has just various levels of, right. of, okay. of 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 electrodynamics associated with it so the miriam based on some of their rituals to be able to tap into a level of purity and the type of energy depending on what was required to balance the imbalance of the patient would so it would do would tap into various type of of if you want to use the word cosmological or astrological astronomical type of energies based on on certain configurations that, that, that of, of, of astrological dimensions so for example, we know the four seasons, four different energies associated in winter time, cold and dry, summertime, hot and dry, and then so on. so understanding the properties associated with the calendar and the various energies that are ac- ac- accentuated based on the time based on the astrological or astronomical powers and 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 virtues that are potentially can be tapped into those so there is quite a sophisticated analysis based on the harmonization of the microcosm with the macrocosm microcosm being the individual their state of being with the the greater macrocosm
1: of of the cosmos of, of the universe okay and would the uh healing rituals then also take place because this is uh, according to the you know because one of the uh, things that i noticed in the book is there was a focus on um the days of the week and i also think the planetary hours and so in to affect a healing would that then be like oh well if this person is suffering from this we have to do this ritual on wednesday during the hour that you know mercury is you know mercury's hour or something like that is that the way it yeah would i mean uh, i mean the the logos
0: yeah that you're that you're trying to form here is is what we're talking about the difference though is this is something that just wasn't made up on the fly. This, right. this has a, a tradition and legacy going right. back to, to Paracelsus mm-hmm. and going back to the, the books of Hermes himself, where they actually talk about various aspects and virtues that are accentuated at their various times of the year based on the ca- calendars so Egyptian ancient Egyptian ancient Chaldean uh, calendars as well. So as the you know, and the people who are familiar with us and they say, well, this is a bunch of hokey, is that again, you, as the example I talked about before, the energies that you're experiencing. I'm here in, in Toronto now, in, in mid-July, in 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 July is different than the energies, the the climate, the the effects that we have in mid-January in Toronto. Huge difference. Mm-hmm. And so what does that mean in in in, in July? People are more affected with swelling. They're more affected to get uh, issues with the skin. In the wintertime it's much it's, it's a drier, it's colder. So you may have more issues in terms of, of other factors. And in the, in the spring with the humidity, you may have issues with rheumatism and arthritis. So it's looking at these calendars that go back thousands of years and, and the various properties and virtues associated. With the various meteorological configurations that that's been recorded in practice, and it's it's understanding what are the virtuous or the remedying energies to balance out unbalanced energies of the Mm. of the afflicted individual is what we're looking at here. So it's not so much you know you know if I tap into you know Aries I'm going to get you know, something like a ram or something, energies associated with with stubbornness and or, you know, with, with persistence and so forth. It's much more sophisticated than that in that there are manuals that look at the healing properties based on various aspects of, of the time of the year and the various hours of the year. And, and to give you an example, is that the dreams that you have, say at some of the transitional points in the time of the day, say, around Vespers, around this time, around 5.30, are much different than the dreams that you have, say, around 3 o'clock in the morning. Mm. Much much more prone for lucid dreamings around hours of Vespers. So when Venus comes out in the morning, just an hour before sunrise and and an, an hour before sunset as well. Those transitionary times are much more prone or much more favorable for lucid dreaming. So the the ancient scribes and 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 scholars and 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 doctors and and they, they were made notes of these practices and and they categorized them and and they were contained within books that weren't shared with with everyone because they were shared with those who specialized in this type of occult healing or or occult,
1: occult uh, therapeutics okay and if i understand correctly uh... Kremert wanted this healing to be available to people for free that he yes. never wanted to charge now was this open only to initiates or would anyone be able to seek this kind of healing
0: almost anyone and it was so the the practices the the, the Miriam the, the one of the I guess the drivers for Kremert's to start the Miriam was that at the time that in the late 1800s in Europe, they were afflicted by cholera pandemics, and people were dying left and right. So not too dissimilar to the pa- the pandemic that we just came out of a couple of years ago. And so he, you know, instead he wanted uh, to to focus on developing psychic pow- psychic practices, individual or cult powers, for 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 good causes, and not just for you know, for for to, to inflate the ego or or to have power over other individuals and so forth. He wanted to use it to to help people, basically help himself, help his help his family. So the 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 onus was on was on therapeutics. Even though these practices and these laws, once they're learned of the of how to develop and and how to cultivate these um, occult faculties and and inner powers. Are available for other other applications besides healing. Krameritz decided that uh, to put this put this Miriam into use as a confraternity to heal people who were who were didn't where conventional medicine had given up hope. Mm. and uh, so it was done free of charge, but the one the one clause was that the individual had to come and ask the the members of the Miriam for help. Um, there had to be a harmony, it had to be a sympathy between the practitioner and the recipient. Because if they came in, they were skeptical. If there was, if they had the wrong attitude, then that harmonic transference would be difficult to connect, in which case the the Miriam couldn't help much. So there needed to be a, a, a sympath- sympathetic bond between the recipient and the practitioner. So the money wasn't part of the deal. It wasn't, the, it, the, the Kremers didn't prohibit initiates in the Miriam not to use these powers and these knowledge for other purposes. And one of the aspects that Marco Daffy used was was using these hermetic practices of purification to come up with numbers for for lotteries and so forth. And apparently he was quite successful. And Kremers was as well. The latter part of his life, he lived in Monaco. Where he basically lived off the fortunes of his winnings from the 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 various games of of chance that were played at the at the casinos of monaco, okay oh, that's a good use of, <laughs> of, of but that again knowledge. he he did yeah. he yeah. actually wrote a book on it under a pseudonym yeah. that anyways so but it wasn't it wasn't something he wanted to promote because right. people would focus on that and they wouldn't yeah. focus on right. on you know and and the people would Develop themselves as these miracle makers, and right, right. and then the you know the whole ethos behind what the Miriam is this level of purity mm-hmm. would be lost, it would be contaminated, and so that the focus was on on therapeutics because it did p- help both the, the recipient and the practitioner because it 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 put a constraint on the on the growth on the inflation of the ego of the practitioner mm-hmm. if they were focused that their energy to necessitate to to transfer energy to help the individual not to give up it it led to a more it led to opening up to overcoming their selfish constraints to to much more philanthropic and much more uh, humanistic values than than what they they would otherwise normally
1: would would be focusing on Hmm. It seems as if there is a collective aspect to all of this, that it's not just about individual healing, but it's about collective healing as well. And also, I noted there seems to be something karmic at play as well in terms of, and I I think, and excuse me if I'm incorrect, I think this is something that you were writing about in one of the essays where it was noted about wars, for example, and the amount of pain and misery that's generated in wars, that that ends up getting manifested in various illnesses. And, you know, the note was, you know, what would we have to say after the Second World War? Because Kramer died before the Second World War. And am I on the right track with that? No, you
0: are definitely.
1: So... The, the,
0: the, the concept behind the quantity, not only the quality of energy, we talked about the quality of energy is that individuals, practitioners of the Miriam initiates, they do various daily rituals and fastings to be able to purify themselves. So they're no longer centered on this human, human being that they go inside and discover this core of being that's not contaminated by the mundane world. That's the quality of it. And every, every individual has a potential to reach, to realize their Miriam. That level of purity that gives birth to the Christ, that gives birth to the God. But there's also a quantitative aspect. The quantitative aspect is that this energy that once each, each individual members are able to tap into, it can be harnessed, it can be focalized, just like a, a, a laser then the power of collective energy is that much greater than individual. So, and and that's where, and, and so, so Kramer's re- referred to a contemporary school that was based in the States called Christian Science that followed a similar type of modality to help. And they had quite success with that as well. I think there are even still schools around now of Christian Science and so forth. So it it was based on that premise that if we're of if energy can energy is one it can be tapped into if we can if it can be collected from a, a group of practitioners and then focused on the on the on the afflicted individual the benefits to the individual will be that much greater than if it would be individual than from one individual practitioner. And and Krameritz would, would put that into practice, into trials. When he'd go to his various academies, he would have individuals come forth and have them in a very simple exercise to prove the theorem is to hold their hand up in the air, like, you know, at 45 degrees and see how long individually they could do it. Maybe most people do it three, three four minutes. And then they would you know, w- way to spell. And then they would do the same practice, but this time they would have members like higher degree members to do the ritual, to, to concentrate that energy and have the individual hold out their hand. And they could hold it out the hand for like 20 minutes, five, six, seven, eight times as, as, as potent as when they did it by the energy by themselves. So this was to prove, and it was talked about earlier about the, the Pythagorean component of, of validating each of these theorems and not just taking it because of of what the hierophant or what the, the 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 magus says this is what this is how it's supposed to work is it has to be experienced and proved before it's put into practice so that that's the the basis behind that theory and then you talked about if i recall correctly the second part about Kremritz talks about or actually an anecdotal situation where Kremritz was talking about, I think in general, about collective energies and not only individual energies that have disturbances, but collective energies. And he talked about his, his experience in the First World War, the amount of suffering that was unprecedented, that it led to the, a lot of the convulsions. Of the 20s and 30s, Uh, example obviously is the Bolshevik Revolution and Nazism and fascism coming to fore. And Daffy writes about, imagine if he, what he would say if he experienced a Second World War with the atomic bomb, Mm -hmm. is that the imbalance from the amount of collective suffering is felt collectively. It may go latent for decades but it'll it'll rise up because the this whole cosmic energy the whole structure of balance has been upset and it's almost like a a a a cloud i mean here in in northeast part of north america where we're we're under these forest fires, where these clouds are coming over, invading cities. You've seen New York; it's like it's it's London or something. It's there's like fog. It's a similar type of thing with suffering, with with this release of pain. Pain is is a it, disequilibrium. It's an imbalance, and that in the psychic world spreads like like vapor spread in 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 our skies, and it settles down. When it settles down and it takes root, it, it has an effect on the collective psyche and the collective soul. Yeah, so that's yeah. my understanding of that concept that so uh, uh, was trying to expound in one of his conversations, I think, with
1: Marco Daffy himself. Okay. Yeah, I, I just found it very interesting because one of the things that I'm constantly thinking about and uh, propone- promoting is that we have to have individual healing and collective healing kind of simultaneously, you know. Because yeah, there's...
0: I mean, Kremers is way ahead of his time, and some of these things about having like these hermetic clinics available in throughout cities, and mm-hmm. you know, now we talk about psychotherapy and self healing and our but we're talking about eighteen nineties, right? And you know, collective healing, and you know, Jung and and Freud hadn't even come up with the topics of like the subconscious and the unconscious hadn't even been fully articulated by then. So he was way ahead of his time. The, the work that they did in the schools and the various academies was far far ahead of its time in terms of understanding the connections between the various levels of being and that required various levels of, of healings or therapies to, 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 to arrive at
1: that balance. Yeah. And well, it still seems rather ahead of his time in terms of the mind-body relationship and the connection yeah. between that and healing and illness.
0: And yeah. what's the last part you said? Uh,
1: and and illness,
0: it's oh, and illness, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, we're just it's only been in the last few decades that you know that whole body, mind healing component is starting to catch to, you know, before it was considered, you know, a, A hippie domain or fringe theory or it's you know but now it's just starting to make so much of our physical illnesses are cause of stress and stress is caused most part by by psychological issues a good part and mental healing and mental unbalances is such so widespread these days that we better start focusing on it or else you know society is just going to go further down into into chaos because there's a lack of stability, lack of equilibrium to, as a starting point for for individuals. So civilization is being broken down because individuals can't cope with the stress of modern society. Right, right. We need...
1: Now, did the, 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 was it the fraternity or the brotherhood of Miriam? I, I think both those terms were used, right? Yeah, they're, they're synonymous. Yeah. Okay. How long... Let me ask you that. I know we're starting to run out of time. How long were they in operation? So
0: the the, the Miriam was founded around in the mid-1890s under Kremertz. Kremertz died in the 1930s, 1930. When he died, there was a schism. There was a number of different heads of he had various circles called academies throughout Italy. And then some, you know, as is inevitable in, in, in initiatic type of circles, a reserved type of organizations there was a number of pretenders who claimed they were the Miriam so mm. it went uh, sort of underground also fascism in Italy at that time looked down on any type of secret societies they felt it was a branch of mason freemasonry which were internationalists and all that type of thing so it went underground for a few decades it surfaced after the war but again there was a lot of schisms in terms of various pretenders there there wasn't a unifying structure to the miriam and one of the last tenets that kramer said before he died is that you know when he passes that he the one wish that he he has for all miriamites for all members of the miriam is that they stay united and that they don't fragment into various sects well unfortunately that's exactly what happens and into the to this day there is a number of different sects who use the name Miriam with the I or with a Y. Some call themselves a academies Academy. Some have other type of names that, that suggest that they're following Kremers' teachings. But, you know, for the most part, there isn't one body that can call itself a true, true inheritors of, of Kremers' practice. And even under Kremert's time, it was very much under evolution it wasn't like a very static circle of practitioners they were very much into experimentation and again because of that path, Pythagorean component is to validate their 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 theorems based on on the success or not of of putting it into practice and into
1: real real existential terms mm, okay and you mentioned that like Evola, I think, was favorable to the teachings of Kramertz. and I thought it was really interesting and important to note that Krammertz did not like fascism. And I know that Evola, I once read that he tried to out fascist the fascists. Yeah,
0: uh, I mean they're they're two different two different natures altogether. Yeah. If you read yeah. Evola's book, he's his nature is very much a kishatriya of a warrior type of ethic. Whereas Kremers is more of a hermeticist, right? Right. right so right. they're they're coming from two different angles, but there 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 obviously was mutual respect because one of the leading members of Kremers school, who one, one under the pseudonym Abraxas, wrote in, in Evola's Your Group volumes, wrote a number of articles, probably after Evola himself had the most contribution. So uh, there was a mutual respect, but they're, 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 The focus was on two different aspects of of being. One was on, as Evela focuses on on self-transcendence, mm-hmm. very much a practice of on the warrior, on the, on on self-initiation. We talked about the absolute individual, whereas Kremeritz was much more on the traditional hermeticism, is that you follow the Isaac, Isis, Osiris forest type of 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 evolution or development. But there were mutual respect and and I think even Evola even applied to one of the Miriam circles in Rome in the nineteen twenties. But I, I mean there was again, there there they're two different
1: you know, they're two different stars in the universe, put it that sure. way. Yeah. Well, the reason I mentioned it was because I, I know that the works of Ivola are still in publication. And like I said, at the very beginning, I was familiar with his name, but not Kramertz. And yeah. I was just curious if you think that now that, you know, with your book and some of the other writings that are becoming a little bit more available, if, do you think that Kramertz will become more influential?
0: I would think so because I do think he he's he's scratched down a, a niche all of its own. Again, most of the Western-based esoteric schools are following the Kabbalah with a K, very the Jewish, and and Kramer's is the it's following on the on the Egyptian Greco. We talked about the four hermetic bodies, we talked about Pythagorism, we talked about the Renaissance writers and schools. So those who are interested in in that lineage or that that wisdom branch would find, would feel at home with Kremritz. And plus those who are interested in in applying these energetic techniques for themselves, for their family members will see a practical outlet for it, other than just, you know, for selfish reasons or for you know, reasons of just of curiosity and so forth. So I think both at a theoretical and a practical aspect that the the Miriam Necremert the school of, of of esotericism would have a very strong connection with with getting greater popularity and awareness in North America and in the Western world in general.
1: Yeah, well, it seems like it would be very sympathetic to a lot of the ideas that are quite popular now. So, yeah, I would love to see that. So I, I know that we're out of time. So let me ask you two final, very quick questions. One is what's coming up next for you? What are you working on now?
0: Okay, great. Thanks for asking that, Nick. I've got a couple of books. A couple, they're in, manufact, in manuscript format at this point. That'll be One's going to be published hopefully next year with Inner Traditions. It's called the the Siren or that's the working title it's Explorations in alchemical hermeticism mm-hmm. that it's a compilation I'll have a number of works by Daffy by myself as well and and explore some of the, the some of the more i guess esoteric components of hermeticism, things that we talked about here in terms of the hermetic bodies in terms of eros as as the as a medium for for the Application of of some of these occult energies, of self development and transcendence, looking at reincarnation and avataric components of the of of self development. So that working with this summer, and hopefully it will see publication next year. Another book that a manuscript I'm working on. It's a provisional title: Hermetic Book of the Dead, which will focus on some of the aspects of elixirs to life, death, and rebirth, and healing. So something that to look forward in the future as well. And a number of other currents of, of thought that I'm looking to develop in the future, but haven't sort of put pen to paper yet on. But still in this lineage that we're talking about now, that looks from this sort of Egyptian, Greco, Roman, Renaissance type of
1: Hermeticism and its application in in today's world. Yeah, sounds fascinating. I'll look forward to reading them. And I know that there were a few of the themes that you just mentioned are in the current book that we didn't get to. So I look forward to digging in deeper when that is published. So the final question is where can people go to find out more about you or to sure. find you online? Uh, you
0: can you can write to my the publisher Inner Traditions or contact me on social media. I I do seminars. I do talks as well. If you have an interest in in having a talk on Kremertz or on this tradition as well, uh, or any aspects of the areas that I focus in, in terms of the spiritual and mystical traditions of the East and the West, then send me a note, either on Facebook or Messenger, Instagram, just want to reach out to me and be friends as well. That's cool as too. like to be accessible very much to open to learning, to, to exchanging ideas with everyone, getting to know the audience, understanding what you like, or, or if you need further clarifications and aspects that you would, you want to, you'd like me to explore further in, in, in explaining the significance, then by all means, reach out to me and be glad to start a conversation.
1: Wonderful, wonderful. Well, David, thank you so much for your time. I uh, enjoyed the book and I really appreciate you exposing me and the world to Kremerz and Kremertz and this tradition that, you know, I didn't know too much about. I know some of the, you know, the other historical aspects, you know, Bruno and all that. Yeah. Um, but Kremerz was new to me. So I, I'm very grateful for you doing this work.
0: Great. Thanks a lot for inviting me, Nick. This was a great conversation.
1: Enjoyed it. Wonderful. Thank you. And that's a wrap on episode 94 of Rebel Spirit Radio. Thank you so much for listening or watching if you are part of my YouTube audience or view this on Spotify. If you like what I do here on Rebel Spirit Radio and would like to support my work, then please consider becoming a patron. You can find the link for the Patreon in the show notes or the video description. And of course, if you'd like to make a one time donation, you can still do so via PayPal. I will be tremendously grateful for any support that you can provide. Another way that you can help the podcast is to share with friends, family members, even coworkers, anyone that you think will enjoy it and share it on social media as well. That really is one of the best ways you can help and support the podcast. So, one more time, if you feel moved by the rebel spirit, and I sure hope that you do, then please, by all means, help me share the good news. Also, if you enjoyed the podcast, please make sure to give it a positive rating on whatever platform you use to listen to or view podcasts. And please subscribe. For those viewing on YouTube, please give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. Make sure you hit that notification bell so you will be informed when I upload new content. I'm Nick Mather, and you've been listening to or watching Rebel Spirit Radio. Until next time, may you be in peace, may you flourish in all possible ways, and may you continue to nurture your Rebel Spirit.